Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. Yes, we are still on vacation, but I still find it uh, really important to keep this streak alive, right? We've been doing this daily financial news together for well over a thousand days, and I see no reason to stop. But before we get started with April, no, not April. August 14th daily financial news. I want to just give a quick statement. Uh, so yes, uh, thank you all for sending me real estate mindset video. I did see it. I've actually watched it several times. Uh, I, uh, I believe that uh, the United States is the best country in the world. And one of the anchors of America is the freedom of speech. So I support uh, real estate mindset saying whatever the heck he wants to say uh, that is for him to do it is his channel and uh, you know he said what he said second I will choose not to respond or reply or give any anything else on that going forward besides watching the video a couple of times uh, which I did think was pretty entertaining uh, I did read all of the comments Reading the comments was very eye-opening to me. Uh, most of the comments were extremely negative. I do want to shout out a few people who were in the comments who supported me and maybe suggested another way of handling it. In addition to that, I did see some folks that I see on my channel regularly, people that I respond to regularly, pile on and say very unflattering things. I have write, written down those names, and I won't forget. So again, real estate mindset can say what he wants, but I read the comments. I know who's here to do the work, who is a true supporter, and uh, who is a fake friend, frankly. So uh, noted, I understand, I got a list. All right, on to the news. A uh, couple of things we should be talking about first. There's a lot of confusion about housing and really about average and median. So I've worked on an example uh, to hopefully help you understand uh, median versus average. This is the best and easiest way for us to, I think, do it. So if you were going to take out a piece of paper and simply write down one, two, and three, and those were all the transactions for a given week, month, year, whatever you want. If you are going to find the median, it would be the middle or two. If you were gonna figure out the average, you would add one plus two plus three, you would get six, and then you would divide by the number of transactions, in this case, two. So it is possible for the median and the average, a.k.a. the mean, to be the same. Now please take this little list of yours, your one, two, and three, and I want you to add a zero, a zero to the three. 
So it should now look like 1, 2, 30. The median has not changed. The median is still 2. The mean or the average is now 11. Folks, the average and the median are often very, very different numbers. So when you hear people talking about average or median, we really need to understand what's going on. So hopefully that helps. Again, when you hear me talk about housing, it will always be median. Why is that? Well, one of the realities of housing is if you use average, you are going to be disproportionately pulled by large states like California and New York. When you are pulled by California and New York who have some of the highest average prices, average gets distorted. Median does not. For example, as of last month, just so you know, the median home price was $416,000. The average or the mean was 508. These are very, very different numbers and people get them confused all the time. So again, on my channel, what we will talk about is median. We will talk about median uh, yearly, year-on-year -year numbers, because again, we are looking for the long-term trend. If you are looking in your buy box, right, your buy box, you should know the weekly, the daily, the monthly data, right? That is your job. I don't know your buy box. I don't know where you're buying. I don't know what you're looking for. So again, Please, you do you, but when I'm looking across the country, we're going to look at median and we're going to look at year on year. Otherwise, everything gets distorted. There's seasonality. It's a very, very different picture. So again, we get some numbers on Thursday, which will be very interesting. We're going to get existing home sales. And let's remember where we've been and where we're going. January, we did six let's call it 6.5 million. We actually did 6.49. Let's call it 6.5. Last month, we did 5.12. And I suspect we're going to be at about 4.8 million. Transactions are crashing. This is relevant. I know a lot of people are very upset with me because I won't scream pricing crash at a median national level. But I can't I'm not going to be disingenuous, and if I don't believe it, I'm not going to say it. Inventory that we just left was at 1.26. That's all inventory. I think homes is about 750,000 homes. We'll talk more about that later. Where are we going to go? Again, I think inventory is going to go up. It would not shock me if July inventory is 1.4, 1.44. We are going to be up. What I think is going to be really interesting, like really interesting, is August numbers. I actually believe August will be down. Again, remember my thesis is the Fed broke the housing market. July 20th was the date where the National Association of Realtors came out and basically said the market is broken. What happened? Buyers retreated, sellers listed. That's why we are seeing a growth in listings. That is why we are seeing price drops. And it is what we are going to see, cancellations and expires. 
I know there is a lot of channels out there talking about inventory going to the moon. I want to say it right here for the first time. I think August, so the month we're in, not, not, uh, not Thursday's numbers. Thursday's numbers will be July. July will be up. I'm talking August, so about 35 days from now. I have a sneaky suspicion. Inventory is going to be flat to down. That's kind of that's going to be kind of wonky. And a lot of that is because of my talk with the real estate brokers, almost 300 real estate agents, brokers and investors the last two days. All of them are telling me about cancellations, wish prices. I think there is a lot of people who listed homes that are going to take them off the market. So earlier I talked about 1.26 million homes or 750 single family homes. What if 10 15, 20% of those homes are wish pricing and will be expired and thus fall off the market. I think that's what we're going to see in August. It will be wild to think about. Uh, another uh, interesting earnings that I did not cover last week that I saw this weekend, or actually I saw this morning, was Trex, T-R-E-X, Trex. They're basically the company that produces outdoor um, decking and they killed their numbers right q2 was awesome but they came out and said q3 will be worse oh i'm sorry q3 will be bad and q4 will be worse folks they are talking about consumers homeowners pulling back they are talking about contractors pulling back in a big big way on the real estate front looks like redfin is saying home buyer competition is dropping uh, the peak was almost 70%, uh, 70% meaning seven, 7 out of 10 homes would get multiple bids. We are now closer to 4 out of 10. So again, uh, very interesting to look at. Again, when you get 4 out of 10, it could be a couple of things. Is it the supply side or the demand side? Or in this case, both. Remember, the Fed broke housing. We got an artificial rush of sellers at wish pricing. We got 16 million people who can't afford at 6% that could at 3 they are, they are now scared about a recession, so they are pulling back. This inventory is going to sit. We're going to see days on market explode. But um, what is going to happen to price? We are going to see, I'm certain, transactions are crashing. Transactions will cause a housing depression, but a economic recession in Q3, Q4 is my expectation. Another thing I saw recently is the housing sentiment is at 2011 lows. I want you to think about that for a minute. Housing sentiment, that basically a number of people saying it's a good time to buy or a bad time to buy. It is at 2011 lows. As a headline, that is crazy to think about. And it's bad. Affordability, uh, you know, are we in a recession or not? Inflation, it's bad, 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 bad. But as somebody who was buying in 2011, it's interesting. Remember, what am I trying to do for myself and our portfolio? We are trying to buy more units. What have you seen me do? You have seen me market to sellers with equity. 
we are looking perhaps to do seller financing. If the buyer pool thinks buying today is horrible, just like 2011, my chances of finding or even creating a motivated seller goes up. I like my chances of finding and working with a motivated seller to get seller financing. I think it is very interesting that, 2000, that we are back at 2011 sentiment. I have to tell you, 2011 was an amazing time to buy because nobody else was. Now hear me, I never paid list price. I'm not telling you to pay list price. I'm not telling you to chase. I am telling you to do the work and find your motivated seller. They're out there. You may not find them until after August. Remember, we're in this whole messy soup where we don't know who's a real seller and who's a real buyer, but it will happen, and it will happen shortly. Uh, what else do we got? Oh, looks like the, who did this? Florida Atlantic University. Florida Atlantic University puts out a housing report talking about markets that are unaffordable, or actually I should say not unaffordable, overvalued. And of course, the number one market is Boise, Idaho. We have talked about that quite a bit. But I found number two interesting, Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. Austin and, you know, Texas in general. I don't know if you know this, but when you look at the Great Recession, the housing crash, when I talk about Fresno, California falling 75%, Texas, Texas really didn't uh, really didn't have a big. It, I actually haven't looked in detail, but they didn't really fall. Texas didn't have a crash. You know why? The answer is lending. While most states, like California, went out and allowed mortgage brokers to push exotic products, teaser rates, Nina loans all of these really bad products, mortgage brokers were basically allowed to sell and rewarded for selling toxic loans. Mortgage brokers, like the ones in the big short, were cocky, arrogant. They were making money feeding their clients toxic junk. Mortgage brokers of that day had 50% of loans as toxic adjustable rate mortgages. Lenders of those days, not good people. They were out for themselves. They were not out for you. How did Texas survive? They did not allow these toxic loans. Loans, I guess, are controlled at the state, at the state level, and Texas said, no, thank you. We are going to have much stronger underwriting, hence mortgage brokers, were not allowed to sell these toxic loans to Texas residents, which means Texas market did not crash because they didn't have toxic loans. It was pretty interesting. Just to round out the great state of Texas, it looks like Dallas, Texas is 46% overvalued. San Antonio, 30, and Houston, 28. This again is according to Florida Atlantic University. I think Austin is an interesting case study. Austin at 66% or not unaffordable. Um, Let me look at my notes. Overvalued. 
It's really interesting because obviously you know that a lot of companies have moved to Austin. A lot of those people have been pulled in from other places, their jobs, their wages. Maybe they sold a place here and moved there and thus, they're, you know, they're, as Brian Lebo says, bringing big bags of money. They're not price sensitive. It'll be very interesting to watch Austin median income. Because if you follow me, you know that I track affordability. Affordability is the number one metric. And affordability is made up of three things. Price, rate, and wages. It will be very interesting to see if Austin, Texas wages go up. They don't go up fast, but will they go up? Right? Let's say the country's going up 5%. Will Austin go up 8 or 9%? Right? I think they'll be ahead of the country. Next up, I read something about something called the Lipstick Index. Yes, folks, there are some crazy names out there for economic um, metrics. And I saw a headline talking about the Lipstick Index, and I'm like, don't know what that is. Got to go, go look at that. Apparently, it was created by the CEO of Estee Lauder in the last Great Recession. Apparently, what they noticed is as we were in the recession and we were on the cusp of coming out, people, ladies specifically, at least I think so, I would, yeah, I think that's a safe assumption, ladies would go out and buy lipstick as a treat, a three, a five, a $10 treat. So right now we are seeing lipstick sales take off, cosmetics, beauty products take off, while other retail things are pulling back. Uh, this is signs of consumer behavior changing. One more page of notes. Let me see what my last page has. <clears throat> yeah, the, I guess the last thing to talk about is really that inventory. It does look like active inventory, single family homes is up about 100%. We will see what that is in a few days on Thursday for July. It will be very interesting to look at August. I think a lot of folks are assuming the upward trajectory will keep going, I think we're going to be surprised. I think the Fed broke housing is going to be shown in the August numbers. The August inventory might be up, but it'll be up very slightly, single digits, probably less than 5%, could be flat. And boy, I think it will surprise a lot of people if it's negative. So folks, that's what I got for you today. Thank you very much for watching the Daily Financial News. I wanted to make sure we did this even when I was on vacation. I hope you have a wonderful day. I already forgot what day it is. I know it's Sunday. All right, folks, take care. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye-bye.